Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a recovered life discussion about creating your weekly sober game plan and strategies on how to live your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. Welcome, everybody, to Recovered Life Discussions. You're in Plan Your Sober Week with Damon and Christina. Every week, uh, we both come to you with uh, an outline, basically, of what we're doing with our sober week, what's going on with Recovered Life. We talk about planning your sober week. We know that having a plan for your sober week is one of the key elements to success in recovery. Knowing what we're working on, you know, what should we be working on, what worked last week, all that stuff we discuss here in this Recovered Life discussion. Uh, we invite all of you guys to participate. Uh, we so appreciate uh, you. Uh, Recovered Life Discussions is about you. It's about your participation, about what you have to say. So we cannot wait uh, to dive into this. But before I do, I wanted to acknowledge my co-host in the room, Christina Dennis. Hello. Recovery coach, codependency expert. How you doing, Christina? How's your weekend? It was lovely, very very nice. I finished it off with a dance recital last night, where my four year old niece, adopted niece, and her sisters danced their little hearts out. So it was very very sweet. It was a beautiful weekend. Hi Kathy. Hi Alice. Hi Sam. Hi Chelsea. So happy to see everybody here on Monday. Nothing like a uh, nothing like a dance recital to get you to get oh you going. Oh my gosh! You see uh, those four year olds up there dancing their heart out. So cute. It's really it's it's those are always fun, right? Those are always fun. So, Christina, what did you work on last week? What were some of the highlights that you had last week? in your recovery and some of the stuff that you focused on and what are you looking forward to this week? Oh, last week was, you know, last week was an interesting week for me. I had to, uh, I had to kind of clear my schedule a couple of days, um, which was different. Um, but, you know, got in contact with several people. It's what's beautiful about being around for a while is that, you know, you have these relationships all over, the place. And so this weekend I, I was able to connect with somebody I had sponsored, good Lord, maybe nine years ago. And just to see, you know, where her life is and get caught up. It was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, it, it is so important and it's not something I knew would happen when I got into recovery. I didn't realize the amount of relationships that would be available to me. I didn't realize that I would, you know, go from basically being a orphan to having just a, a massive amount of people, really deep, good relationships. And so spent some time catching up with her over the weekend. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was a beautiful week, I have to say, kind of, um, I think last week we talked about it, but where you surrender to what your energy allows 
and what's coming up. I've been working on some intensive things for, you know, kind of putting together a codependency workbook. And so that's, that was my week. They go by in a flash these days. How about you? They really do. Um, you know, we had a good recovered life show this morning uh, that was released. So, guys, if you haven't seen that, I'll put a link up uh, to our homepage where you can access all of the content that we have. You know, that was keeping me busy, Christina. We did a lot of recording last week. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was good. And, you know, I know that you're mentioning friends in that you've you've created in recovery. You know, I feel the same way. I feel the pandemic wiped a lot of that out you know um guys tend to be kind of pack animals so it's like when we uh you know having one day a week where we would get together and kind of check in personally you know always sure. is is really good um but you know the pandemic kind of wiped that out so it's been a little bit harder to do that um it's been a little bit harder to do that with the pandemic um, so yeah, so, you know, getting on the phone or on a zoom call, uh, once a week is, is really a great thing. You know, it's really been, uh, it's been great to kind of keep up with people and to kind of see where they go. And, you know, and some people have fallen off and other friends have kind of become stronger, you know, dur during this whole time. Totally. I mean, we went to zoom pretty quickly in my two home groups. And so. I didn't necessarily lose that, but it is different um, where I would have gotten together with somebody on a walk or, or you know, met with a sponsee or even when I used to meet in person with clients. I have a few left, but almost everything is on Zoom. And uh, there was a certain amount of grieving that had to happen because it was just different. And I think I've shared before, that I'm still working on the boundaries of what zoom looks like i guess zoom fatigue is something that people talk about a lot and i need to do some research on it because i imagine it's just a little different kind of energy but um i know i know that that first year was particularly hard on everybody and then we kind of adjusted yeah i think zoom fatigue takes a lot more emotional energy than people uh think you know i have a, a friend actually who was telling me yesterday that said hey um you know the whole they went on zoom and they hadn't been on zoom for you know a month really heavily and they had a bunch of back-to-back -back meetings on zoom and came out exhausted you know just absolutely exhausted because it does take a lot of emotional energy and you know just day-to-day -day life takes a lot of emotional energy. So we're so glad that everybody's here sharing with us. I think we should dive in. Uh-oh. I think he accidentally left the room. Oh, hey, sorry. Lost you guys. Uh, I think we should That's dive right. in, Christina, and have people come up to the Recovered Life discussion, start talking about what they've got going on this week. So we'll invite some people up to the stage. And uh, if you want to come up, raise your hand, too, and we'll bring you up as well. I think it's all better when we're together doing this. Uh, you guys are in the Recovered Life Discussions Plan Your Sober Week. Uh, very few rules here. Uh, the only thing that we ask is because this is recorded on the podcast and uh, on a replay here on 
uh, Clubhouse, we just ask that you use your first name when you're referring to yourself and to other people. And uh, also just be loving and kind. That's it. That's really that's really the only rules that are out there uh, for the Recovered Life discussions. The topic, as always, on Monday is we're planning our sober week. You know, Christina, before we bring up Alice, I want to talk with you about recovery fatigue. Uh, and, you know, this is a real thing that I've seen. You know, sometimes my recovery, I'm much more active in my own personal recovery. And sometimes you can get a little bit of recovery fatigue, right? Where you wake up and you've maybe worked on a bunch of stuff and you're like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't want it like another week where I'm going to, quote, work on myself. Oh, yes. Like, that just yeah. sounds absolutely horrible, right? Um, have you had that? Have you had that recovery uh, fatigue? Yeah, I wrote a blog about it a couple of weeks ago because you just get like there are some days where I wake up and I'm just I am sick of hearing myself talk about myself. I am sick of questioning things, figuring out what the root cause is, where it where it comes from, how do I change it? And I just want to check out. But I guess that's not so surprising because that was part of the process of drinking alcoholically was just wanting to mm. check out and uh, and you know I have to be honest on those days I I do take I do take time off from the recovery but it's you know an hour or two or one day I shared last week that I recognized that I needed to start journaling again and journaling has been part of my process pre-recovery even that I have journaled since I was a teenager. And there came a point in time, you know, I don't know, in the last eight years, seven years, that I was like, I just didn't have it in me anymore. And I remember one of the one of the smartest ladies I know who I sponsored and now, you know, she sponsors me. I mean, we co-sponsor at this point. We're more fellow travelers. So, well, then don't. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, there's some rigid thinking going on here. And I took some time off from it and just recently thought this is this is something I need. I need to pour out mm -hmm. on the page again. So, yep, I've been there. You know, one of the things that uh, one of the things that I noticed with recovery fatigue is like you nailed it, Christine. It's like. The whole conversation of like, I have to find my part in it. Uh, let's dive into what's really going on. At some point, I'm like, you know, I don't like care what's really going on. Like, I just want to like live my life. Right. But I've noticed that if you keep up, you know, and there are times that I think that, you know, there are times in my recovery that I know that I've had to be way, way more active. Right. And there's times where I've coasted honestly. Right. And I've been just fine. Right. Or I've done the minimum amount. I think it goes up and down. I think what you want to just always make sure is you don't unplug. If you've done too much sometimes, which you can, you know, like sometimes too much introspection, too fast, you know, can have issues. Right. And you almost get like an emotional hangover, if you will. So I think pacing yourself and taking one thing at a time and understanding that this is a process that there's not necessarily a beginning and an end, right? It's just a process that keeps handling over and over and over again. And I think that that's been essential with me is just the way that I look at it is that, hey, you know what? It's okay that I feel a little burnt out. It's okay that I maybe don't want to dive into that deeply, but I just can't stay there forever, right? Staying there forever is, is the problem.
you yeah it is the problem and uh and it it is okay to take a break um it i think it it's uh that pace there's a t there is something is like this has been too much and it can you know kind of like when you're coaching somebody and you're going through painful past experiences and we're working on on healing the inner child i'm very mindful of the amount of time that i talk to somebody and and sensing and being really clear that okay we've gone too far or we're about 10 minutes you have maybe 10 minutes left in you and i have to say that when i first started i didn't have that off switch that was something that i learned in time because i really thought you know i, I started in a 12-step group and i and there was some kind of belief in me that when i got done with those 12 steps then i would know exactly how to to live or i'd know how to make these bigger decisions and it isn't that isn't it hasn't been the case it's been much more of a slow unwinding uh you know there have been some moments where i've had awarenesses and it, it shifted everything in my perspective but more often it's that slow unwinding of you know, my history and trying on new thought systems and new belief systems and paint, you know, going very methodically through it with the understanding that at every, every day I have a new outlook. Um, I don't know if that made any sense, but I, I think that that's important to mention when people are working really, really hard not to take away, um, uh, anybody's hopes, but, uh, you never really do get there. All right, Damon, are you with us still? Alice, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Do you want to let us know while Damon's off what's going on with you? I know you've had a lot going on in the last weekend. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it was quite a weekend. Um, I had the estate sale at my house. Um, uh, I wasn't there. Um, didn't want to be there. They don't want you there and it's a good thing. Um, so, you know, putting your trust in someone who's going to take, you know, a lot of your hit, you know, m memories and just, I mean, it, it, it's really, an unbelievable process and um i i was actually doing okay with it um a little weepy the first day knowing that this was starting and that people were going to be going through my house and picking over my stuff but it's not my stuff anymore i've, I've let go of it i went through a a process and and a releasing of all the items that i left behind and um and and felt you know really solid about it um it was just when I got a call yesterday from the gal who runs the estates and has her company runs it. And she basically said, okay, so the people are here, they're bidding on what's left and they're going to take everything out of your house and then it's done. And I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what? And I just misunderstood how they did that. And I thought I would have another chance to go in, um, and she said, I'm going to walk you through. I'm going to tell you the big pieces that are left. If you want any of them, I'll put sold on them and they won't take those. But otherwise, they're taking everything out of your house and it's going to be empty. Whew, that's a big one. That was huge. Um, but I took time out, sat with it, 
um, you know, really process, this is a decision I have made. Um, I, you know, when I left the last time I was there, I went to every room and thanked everything and said goodbye, had a little ritual of, you know, um, thank you for what you've provided and, and I'm grateful. And, um, and this morning I feel very differently and I feel that there's a very big release coming. Um, and, um, the good thing about all of this is that in this whole process, which started, you know, in January, um, I would have never guessed that by July 8th, my house will be on the market. Um, it's going to be coming soon as of this Friday, just out to realtors. It won't be shown, but you know, this is happening. And I have, I have had a couple of moments, but for the, for the bulk of all of this, which is incredibly stressful and emotional and, and difficult at times, um, you know, I have not wanted to throw alcohol at it, which is just a huge, huge gift, huge gift. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's just really um, incredible. And I'm just so immensely grateful for these rooms, for you, Christina, for you, Damon, for all the people here who I've gotten to know through Clubhouse and the gifts that that has brought me and, and the other platforms like SoberSys and Ola Sober that, you know, I, I find support in. And you guys have held me through this process and, you know, there's more to come, but it's all good. And um, yes, I'm just delighted I'm able to be here today. Um, usually I'm with my um, granddaughter, um, but my son was exposed to COVID uh, on Thursday. I was actually with him on Friday. He has tested po uh, negative so far, um, but you know, it's, we still not through the incubation period. So, so I'm, um, yeah, it's funny because I had a thought yesterday that I really would like one more day at home, but my daughter-in-law is out of town. So I knew I'd be going there today and spending the night and tomorrow night because she's out of town for three days, but you know, this has changed everything. So we have to wait and see um, you know, if my, if my son, um, tests, uh, continues to test negative. So, yeah, so that's where I am, <laughs> but it's funny. Cause I was thinking, oh, I just would like one more day. I didn't, didn't really want to get it this way, but, um, I do have one more day here, uh, at home by myself, um, you know, just getting some things done and it's afforded me to be on two zoom calls this morning that I usually miss and then be all be here with you guys. So, there's a gift. There's always a gift, right? <laughs> you just have to be patient and it will come. So um, there's the gift today. So um, that along with being sober, thank, thank goodness. Thank goodness. So that's where I am. And this week is just going through the process of, of um, you know, hopefully not having to nurse my son from afar and, and hopefully I stay healthy. So, um, that's really my concentration this week and, uh, you know, boosting my immune system, eating well and sleep. Um, that's been, that's been the ticket for me is to make sure I get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. So, and I can do that because I'm sober. So that's where I am. That's awesome, Alice. I can't imagine, uh, 
what you have done, you know, living somewhere for, I mean, how you were in that home for 30 plus years, right? Yeah. Well, I was in Fredericksburg for 35 years and I was in that home for 25. Yeah. It's a lot. And, and just, <laughs> yes. And, and just being, you know, you're so good about sharing your experiences, uh, sober and, and your dedication to your own recovery shines through and it shows me and others that, we can do these really big things. And, and I know you and I have know each other uh, well off, off of this app, but my goodness, to be able to see, um, you know, to foresee what would happen in your life, uh, it's, it's, it is a miracle. And that's one of the reasons why we have the room, why we share so that we can show others that they can do it too. And uh, I always say that the, you know, sometimes, and it's just funny that you brought it up, Some, sometimes recently I've had a couple of people reach out to me who are having grief about something. And, um, and it's been because things are good. So that that grief, those feelings that have been buried for a long time are showing up and they're able to show up. And uh, I think that's just a miracle. I'm so amazed at I mean, you know, like 35 years in one city, I'm going to pick up and go move somewhere else and do it on my own. And it's just really, you're phenomenal. And it shows what, if we stay sober, we can do. I love you. It's girl. amazing. Absolutely amazing, Alice. Oh, you know, you. I was going to mention something real quick, Alice, that you brought up. Um, you know, I've noticed this in my life is that, you know, I have a good friend that's in recovery and he said, you know, I've spent my whole life collecting things and now I'm spending the last part of my life trying to get rid of them. And he was, he was kind of laughing about it, but in this guy, in, the, in this guy's case, it was absolutely hundred percent true. Right. And, and I've, I think about that, about how much attachment we have to our things. Right. Like, and it's real, like, I know I have attachment to my things and um, you know, even the world is built on that. Like we even go, see where famous people lived and their things, right? Like the whole thing is built around our things. And I, I've noticed that, you know, as I get to around 50, I had less desire of having a lot of things around me. Like I've never been a big, um, I've never been somebody who could have a lot of clutter. And like right now, I feel like we have a lot of clutter in our house and I, I can't, I, I just, I can't handle it. Like I'm somebody who can't think. I know Christina, you and I were thinking about doing about a show on this, right? Like just the whole things element of stuff, but having an attachment and my gosh, like 30 years or 25 years of one place, it's a, it's a long time. Emerald, how you doing? Welcome to plan your sober week. What's going on with you? A lot of good stuff. Great to be here with y'all. Um, I'm going to keep it um, kind of concise today. Um, I do have, I'm super grateful for the week and um, last week was a little heavy. Um, I had two friends that died um, the previous week, Friday and then Saturday, both 38. I'm turning 38. Oh my God. <laughs> both random occurrences. So last week was kind of heavy for me because, um, number one, I was freaked out. Plus I lost a couple of friends. 
um, and, um, you know, just a few things kind of transitioning in life here and there. Um, and um, I go this week. So um, this week is um, interesting because um, I got my permission to travel for my judge. So that's good. I'm still out on bond, but um, I go in for my sentencing apparently on July 11th. I've been waiting a year and four months. Um, I've been sober, so 500 days today, um, or yesterday, so today's 501. Um, so 500 days, and um, or 501. And um, so this Friday, I go in to speak to my attorney, um, so that way we can review my tapes from the night of my incident, um, where I incurred my DUI, see kind of what the plan is gonna be. Um, <clears throat> that way next month I can kind of move, um, move forward with this next chapter and what have you and see kind of what they're going to do. Um, honestly, I think I mentioned last time going to court, um, in regardless if it's a ticket or whatever, um, because I am a person that has spent time, um, behind the walls and in the cage for an extended period of time under supervised living for about totaling about three years. So every time I go to court, I just have a massive level of anxiety leading up to it. Um, and so I'm just working through that. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a big or small. Obviously, this is a big thing because this is uh, my piece of freedom. So I'm enjoying all of that moving forward through life little by little, bit by bit. Um, so that's uh, Friday this week. And then Saturday um, this week, I'm going to be singing at the rodeo. So this will be the Black Rodeo, the championship. Um, gonna sing, lift every voice and sing. Um, so, you know, got a, all that going on um, and uh, really excited about it. Uh, so tonight I'm gonna sing in preparation for that. One thing that I noticed is last week, God, I was so full of um, all of this weird energy, uh, just not sure what was going on. And I went to go sing. I went in there and I just sat down and I think that's all I needed was just to be around my band and have the live music. I didn't tell anybody what was going on with me because this is actually the third friend that I'd lost in 30 days that I've been in um, either working on a film project with or have performed with. And so it just was really tough to perform with all that energy. But the truth of the matter is like, um, I didn't sing, but I held and I felt it and on the way home, I cried and I sang the whole way. And then I stopped, like I just kind of had these real heavy moments. Um, this past weekend, I did go to a ranch. Um, a friend of mine let me kind of hang out and um, just kind of ATV through a field of wildflowers and um, hang out with some draft horses, hang out in the pool, just kind of have a place to write and relax. You know, writing for me is, is really important, so thanks. Uh, Christina, I think um, when I had started, you know, doing uh, music, that was generally my my formal way of writing. But creative writing and just recreational writing was something that you'd encouraged me to do um, a while ago. It doesn't have to be organized. It just kind of is just a few lines of my feelings or maybe a few pages of my feelings. But I've kind of gotten into the habit of doing that a lot, especially when I'm feeling so much because I got to put those someplace um, otherwise, I find myself in this urge surfing kind of zone where I'm just like, I have this urge and I got all these feelings and all this energy. It's just got to go someplace. Um, and so channeling that energy and finding a place that's healthy for it to go has been uh, really important for me recently, um, just because there's so much. Um, last but definitely not least, um, one thing that I am doing this week in preparation for um, what's coming next is um, 
I have a record that I'll release. There's a film where one of my records um, was placed in that's going to be released later on this month. So there's a lot of activity for me on the administrative side um, that I'll have to be doing. I'm also going to be writing um, kind of the, 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 the time. I'm, I'm going to be writing the shooting structure for a show that I'm um, uh, ADing or uh, associate directing. And um, so the, it, there's a lot of stuff happening right now. I think my biggest goal, um, as I'd mentioned, is to really just find the healthiest place to put the energy so that way I can be productive and I can be happy with what I did with all of that energy. I can be happy and, and proud of, you know, life ain't perfect, but I'm doing something and I'm doing something good, something that I feel good about. Um, every day is, is always a new, new journey, but I'm grateful that I'm not inside of the box today. I'm grateful that I'm, I have the ability to drive and grateful for so many things. Um, and, uh, you know, that life is, uh, kind of surfing along doing its thing. So, um, a big piece of my week is just preparation. Um, and then at the end of the week, it's going to be executing a few things that I've been preparing for in previous weeks and, uh, and today. So that way those can be delivered in, in the best way that I can, I can give excellence to, to my audience and, um, to myself. So for sure. So that's me. I'm Emerald and, uh, thanks so much. And I'm done. Congratulations, Emerald, on the 501 uh, days. That's amazing. Uh, I've watched you over the last year plus, you know, plug away at sobriety and, you know, heard a lot of acceptance in your voice. Uh, I will say that um, the, the, when you, as we get older and we're in this program uh, or are sober, I guess is the way to say it, um, we, grief comes, you know, death happens. And what we can do and what we uh, have available to uh, this kind of life is, is, it's astonishing, the stuff that we can walk through and just take one step in front of the other. I know you were, uh, were worried about that uh, appearance at court, so I'm glad that it went your way. And uh, you just stay in the fold. You keep showing up and doing what you're doing. Um, and days happen and then years happen. And like you said, life keeps going on. But you know, when I stay sober, I have a chance at, at having choices, which I didn't have when I was out there drinking. Uh, the minute I would, I guess the minute I would make that choice to pick up, um, I would end up in places where I had no uh, agency. So, so happy to see you here this morning. Thanks for sharing. Thank you so much, Emerald. Cat, uh, how are you? Really good to see you. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thanks for everyone's shares. And thank you, Christina and Damon, for um, the topic of recovery fatigue. Is that what we were talking about a little bit absolutely truly plan your sober week but yeah f uh, recovery fatigue is definitely uh one of the topics yeah um i have definitely experienced that in different well i think i've gone through it twice in my sobriety um of course like when you come in they talk about a vigor like a rigorous program of action 
right? Like throwing yourself into the program and doing all the things and, um, you know, finding a home group, same time, same place every week. And then, um, and the next thing you know, you find out you have mental health and then you go to your therapist and then, oh, you're a little depressed, go see a psych. And, you know, it kind of, I don't know. For me, I, I fell into self-diagnosing a lot and um, just putting way too much on my plate. You know, I think I'm getting better at gauging what I need, my wants and needs um, from recovery. Um, of course, I have, you know, a few meetings that are non-negotiables. I need to be there for um, my alcoholism. But then everything is kind of like right now I'm back in therapy every Thursday and I need that right now just because of circumstances in my life and, um, you know, I can scale that back down to two and then one and see where it goes. But um, currently, because I am going through a rough patch and upping my um, recovery and fellowshipping and getting back out in the world since I'm newly single woman and um, it feels like so much like Saturday I went out um, I used to go to shows a lot like music show like uh, festivals and whatnot and I went out um, Friday I'm like yeah I, sh I should go you know do this thing again and I was out till like 4 a.m. And, um, it really messed up my flow. Like, I'm still feeling it, you know, come Monday. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I get the opportunity to just ask myself, like, is this still working for me? You know, is this still something I want to be doing with my time? Because, um, it makes me think about the phrase, um, we stop burning up energy foolishly. Right, so how I'm I'm still learning what that means to be burning up energy foolishly, <laughs> um, but it, it's a cool little journey, and um, I like the topic. So thank you. Thank you, Kat. Uh, always love to hear what you have to say. I love uh, what you're talking about burning up energy foolishly. I love that. Uh, that I have done a lot of that myself. I don't know about you, Christina. <laughs> Just a tiny bit. <laughs> Constantly. I love, you know, what I loved about your shared cat is that you, you're taking the time to check and see if things are still working. You know, I, this is where, you know, our discernment comes in. And after we have some, some times or some spiritual awareness and we grow, um, we we can look back at things and say oh okay maybe this isn't working it was just like my sweet friend saying well then don't journal try something else uh you know i had gotten into such rigid thinking and so i think that that that's uh, there's a piece of wisdom in that that you can really see and also getting that outside help is so important I, I mean, it took me a couple of years getting into recovery before I entered into therapy. And since, you know, over the past 25 years, I have gone to all kinds of different resources to get help because the sobriety 
brought out in me new areas that needed to be addressed. And I've gone to the resource that best serves me for that. And, um, and, and it, it doesn't say anything about my recovery, at least in my opinion, it doesn't say anything about, you know, whether I need something extra or not, that's perfectly fine uh, to need something extra. And I think it speaks to the fact that recovery is working for me because I can get beyond uh, the, I can get to the stuff that doesn't, I wouldn't say doesn't have anything to do with my drinking, but is beneath, you know, underneath a lot of my drinking. Why, why did I want to check out so completely? And so I just really, I've thought about you a lot over the weekend and I'm just always happy to see you come up and share because you really bring it, you know, there, you have a lot of wisdom, Kat. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Kat. Um, I love what you had to say, Christina. Um, you know what? You know, I want to throw this out to you, Christina. What What do you think the main things that you're going to be working on this week? What are, What are some of the main things that you're focusing on? Sure, sure. Uh, well, you know, I have kind of, I have like a four prong process where I, you know, start with belief, and then I you know, believing that I'm worth something and then I move into receiving and I practice receiving and and then alignment. It's kind of the, um, it's like a Japanese model where the center is where my true happiness is. And, and then the last part is action. And so uh, anytime one of those four tires is flat, I need to go back and start looking at that. And so this week I'm going to work on receiving. Uh, being willing to receive, uh, being opening to, open to it. You know, I um, uh, think that a lot of times I can go straight to action and not necessarily have belief, you know, that this is the right step for me. And so I'm going to, as always, attend my, um, my home groups. But, you know, I didn't get to this last week and it affects me, you know, to have not have that connection. Luckily enough, uh, I have strong relationships with people that I can talk outside of that official group, but in tomorrow we'll be here again with the rewire your brain room, which of course that, that will mean that I study a little bit today and Wednesday with setting healthy boundaries. Um, I will come up with a topic. And so all of that, because I'm lucky enough to also work in recovery, all of that ends up bleeding into my own. Um, but for sure, I want to look into uh, receiving. Uh, I spent some time this weekend listening to a couple of people that I really respect. And uh, they were talking about that if you if you start, if you're in action, and then you stop, you know, halfway through before something's completed, then it's probably a receiving problem. You know, and so I want to dive into that a little bit and um, just make sure that I have the connections that are important, that I, I maintain balance and I'm aligned with higher powers wishes for me. And um, yeah, I mean, back to basics. You know, um, I love that you're saying about receiving. Um, 
I did I did a little deep dive as well uh, yesterday, Christine. I was looking for some spiritual stuff and doing some research on my unstuck room for my unstuck room on Thursday. And I don't know if you know Neville Goodard, but, uh, you know, he was a philosopher and there's a lot of recordings on him. And it was exactly what you were saying about receiving. Right. And I one of the things that came up that I wanted to mention um, for this specific room is, you know, we talk a lot about in recovery about acting as if. Right, Christina, like act as if show up do it but i yeah. think there's a little extension to that right there's a little extension to that and i i don't think it's necessarily act as if as much it's more like it's more like what i say is that okay create if you have nothing right i, I have been, i've had times in my life when i've had where it feels like less than nothing right mm -hmm. um and i didn't have the wisdom i didn't have the resources i didn't have everything that i needed that i felt that i needed but what I was able to do is I was able to say, hey, you know what? Um, if I had this business opportunity and then I would pick somebody in my life or a series of people in my life and I wouldn't even have to necessarily meet them, right? Just somebody that I read a lot on. I said, what would this person do, right? What would right. this person do? And I had, a, I had a really great sponsor on a 12-step thing. And, you know, he used to, he used to show me this uh, ability to be able to do what he called modeling which was to be able to take some of the smartest people that you know, and he was one of them. He was really good at handling situations. So what I would do is I would say, hey, what would Kevin do in this situation? And I had a pretty good understanding of what he would do. Now, it wouldn't be what I would do, but I wanted the outcome that Kevin always got. So what I started to do was I started to do what Kevin would do, right? And what happened is I started to get a different outcome. So I think it's much more, you know, and then that evolved into walking in that, like, what would this person do who was fully recovered? How would they look at the world? Would they be upset all the time? Would they be this? Like, if I want this type of recovery, what do I have to do? What would that person, what does that look like, you know? And once I got a really good idea of what that looks like and what that person would be doing day to day, what I would start to do is I would start to become that person, even though internally I was fighting it, right? So if the person that was that I wanted to be showed up all the time, five minutes early, I showed up five minutes early, even though showing up five minutes early wasn't necessarily in my DNA, if that makes sense, Christina, right? Sure. So for me, you know, I think modeling is such a great model to be able to uh, to be able to get what you want out of your recovery and to be able to experience things because it allows you to step, it allows you to take the skills that you have and apply other people's model, and then soon you'll find your own model, right? You'll find your own model will morph out of that what works for you and doesn't work for you, you know. So I always say you're having a rough week in recovery, find somebody that you can relate to. Find somebody that has what you want and start asking them questions about how they live their life and how they look at things day to day. And try that on off the rack and see if it works for you. You might have to do some tailoring and modifications, but what's going to happen is you're going to start picking up things that are working for you.
So, so good. That's right. I mean, that's exactly what uh, what I was doing this weekend. Uh, there's a person who has, uh, you know, from what she shares, very open sharing person and uh, has recovery in her life. And she invited us to a talk and being able to study that talk and just pick up some contrary action. You know, that's, that's something I heard. And I know probably others have heard this, find somebody that has what you want and do what they do. And that has been some of the most effective ways for me to grow in my recovery. You know, because one, I didn't know that people like out there existed like this. You know, when I got into recovery, I really thought it was about putting down the drink. Um, but there was something inside of me that knew I don't know how to live. And I had to learn from others about these reactions, these feelings, that it's okay to have concern, it's okay to not have the answers, that this is what they do, that next indicated step. And anytime I get off of that mark, it's I'm so grateful that there are people who have been ahead of me in recovery that have different circumstances so that they can bring a new application of wisdom. And just like you said, we do what they would do. And before you know it, you have something different. I mean, if I relied on the same tools that got me to uh, a place where I was drinking myself to death, you know, and that was my only concept. That was my only, uh, that was the only act information I had. Uh, I wouldn't, not drinking would not have been enough solution. I had to find people that I could follow. There are people on this panel that I reached out to and said, help me understand, or this is what I'm struggling with. And regardless of the amount of time they have in recovery, they have wisdom and they have their own lived experiences. And they have shown me, you know, that this is what a mother does. This is what a woman of substance does. This is what you're capable of. And have been able to give me their vision, um, you know, which is why that act as if slogan has been around so long. Absolutely. And I would even say that I would modify that. I would say be as if, right, actually be that person, right? So the key, I, I think the key is too, you know, Christina, as sober coaches, you and I know that a lot of the issues with people not having their best recovered life or not being able to stay sober long-term or not being able to achieve things in their sobriety has more about what they do, not what they feel, right? So we know we feel certain things. It's what we do that really matters, right? And I think we were talking about, what was it on the one of the podcasts that we had, Christina, about Mother Teresa, um, who I find a very interesting person beyond what she's done. It's more about how she acted. You know, Mother Teresa had huge, what she called huge droughts from her spiritual connection. She did not feel like she was connected with God, to God most of the time. And this is in her own writings. I'm not making this up or interpreting this. This is what she said. And many people interpreted some of the things that she had written that was not published that she maybe not didn't even necessarily believe in God uh, in, in, in the religious sense 
uh, of the order that she was practicing, but it's what she did, which what made her, it's not what she necessarily believed. She would take action that she knew that she had to take and did really amazing things. Right. And I know somebody who worked with her and she was all about taking action and doing stuff all about yes. doing stuff. Right. So it's less about, you know, I think, you know, Christy, what do you say? Like most of the people that come to us, especially on this recovery breakthrough that we're doing, they know what to do at the end of the day, yes. right? At the end of the day, yes. deep down inside, they know they shouldn't be drinking, doing drugs, hanging around those people. They know they should show up. They know they should wake up and do certain things during the day. It's not their knowing that's the issue. It's their doing that's the issue, right? Yes, and believing that they can do it. Correct, correct. Be believing that they can do it. And uh, I think uh, it's interesting you brought up Mother Teresa because Richard Rohr, um, who's an Enneagram specialist, has a full conversation about her in one of his many talks. And the, he talks about how, you know, she would show up as a two, which is the helper. I mean, I'm definitely a two. All of my codependent friends out there are mostly twos, you know, or, or fours I found, but he, he changed his ideas on her and, and said that he actually thought she was an eight, which is a challenger. And, um, the more that, that I study her life and I see, yes, she challenged the norm. I know that right action turns into right thinking. You have to act your way into right thinking, which is why when I start working with somebody, it's always about like the first day, the first plan of action is healing the nervous system. Um, always because self love is an action. And then it, the more that you do that, then eventually the feelings follow. Um, and I agree with you that not being able to take action is one of the worst places, right? Especially if you know that this is the way it's supposed to be, but for some reason your fear is holding you back. Uh, you're not understanding that you have everything that you need to at this point that will never be 100% ready to take that next step. And uh, the person that I've been studying over the weekend says she jumps in after when she's 51% sure. And so uh, I, I want to pull back from my own recovery and start looking at, am I waiting till I'm 85% sure? <laughs> because I think that that kind of speaks into this uh, God's will, you know, which is in the 12 steps, right? But how do you know what God's will is? And I, you know, Pia Melody is one of the first people I ever heard it from. And she's like, you do something. And then if there's a stop sign, you turn around and do something else. And it's funny um, how I could sit in non-action because I'm trying to figure out what, what's God's will without any investigation. So I think that speaks along to what you're sharing well, in June, guys, and this is why we're always encouraging people to go to, uh, you know, we put a link up top, info.recoveredlife.us, and to go there, and you can connect with both Christina and I, but also there's a link to become a member, and we'll let you know when these podcasts start to go out. We're starting, you know, to put all of our members on email updates for the week, and we're doing one on God's will. And, you know, one of the things, Christina, that was interesting when we were prepping that show you know, the thing that looking back on that, what was so interesting about that episode 
is what I realized is um, there is no right or wrong answer to a lot of things. You know, I use the thing, do I want to become a painter or do I want to become an accountant? Two are both totally different things, right? But um, there is no right way. There is no like, oh, well, if you were to pick the accountant and you weren't a painter, then that's not God's will. or It's not about that. It's who you are when you're doing that thing. Right. And that's what most people don't understand because they said, well, it's not God's will. I'm, you know, I'm newly sober and I've got this, you know, I've got a degree. I've got all this other stuff and I've got this part time little job that pays me $18 an hour. That can't be God's will for me. Really, it's not the 18 hour, uh, you know, job that's the issue. It's who you are in that 18 hour $18 an hour job, right? It, it's, it's how you are in there. That's really what this is about. You know, so many times I've get, I've gotten stuck, Christina, on the picking of things. I had an abundance of things to pick. It wasn't necessarily which one I picked. It was who I was doing those things, right? And I know you talk about that a lot in your coaching as well. Absolutely. You know, there are the the entire purpose i believe when we get sober and for a happy life is to be a person that increases the value of others to bring good to that situation and that's what we end up finding is the secret uh to contentment and happiness is how much we uh, help others? How much positive do we bring into this world? Do we live our lives fully purposed? And um, many people know, I think the main purpose of my life is connection. I think it's the main purpose of everyone's life. And I like where our world is going. Um, we discussed it a couple weeks ago uh, in the Tuesday room about contentment has not been dressed up as a way to, uh, you know, a lot of people want to be more than just having contentment. But if you're in recovery, you realize that you can have all of the things and not be living a, a life of contentment. And so I'd love, I'd love for people to recognize that it, it, your purpose is to live a good life. It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter. Um, if you're married or not, it, it, what matters is are you taking this life that you have and loving it to the best of your ability so that you can increase uh, what is good in our world and with others? Absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, one of the things we're going to be talking a lot more about is how to make those huge transformations, Christina, because I think at the end of the day, that's why people come to us is they want this transformation, right? That's why we created the breakthrough, uh, recovery breakthrough, because people wanted a transformation, but they didn't want to, they didn't want to wait, you know, for the transformation. They wanted to do it in six weeks. So we found a way to be able to have major breakthroughs with people in six weeks. And I think one of the things that people say, hey, you know, I've had people like, Damon, what's the thing that I have to do to really have a huge breakthrough, you know? And, um, you know, using that like part-time job thing that's maybe way under your skill level. Let's say you're working as the fry guy at McDonald's, right? Um, and I always say, you know, using the modeling works so well. What, how, how would Elon Musk do this job? Right. Um, 
he'd be finding all the things that didn't work and he'd be writing letters on his own time at night to the corporate saying how he could improve things, right? He wouldn't he 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 would be lobbying lobbying to see how he could be more of service and to get more done for the company. He wouldn't be sitting around griping and doing things, right? Like that, complaining. He wouldn't be spending his lunch hour griping with the person that's the lower companion sure. about what they don't have and what they do, what they what they need to get, right? They just he'd be outdoing it. And I think that that's a perfect exa- example. You know, a lot of the people that I've met like, you know, Barbara Corcoran and stuff like that, like they wouldn't be they wouldn't be sitting around complaining. She'd no. be taking her real estate exam during the lunch hour, right? Um, so th- this is all, it's really about what you do, right? Like I, you know, and I want to throw this out there too, Christina, as we end this, uh, you know, this plan your sober week thing, it's so important that you start taking action. You know, if you're listening to this on a replay or you're listening to this on the podcast and you're saying, you know what, man, things aren't working for me, you know, it, it maybe is because you're just not taking enough action. It's absolutely one of the tires that we all need. And we have to act our way into right thinking. So I totally agree with you, Damon. Absolutely, guys. Hey, this has been a great. Any final thoughts, Christina? Any final just, thoughts uh, on uh, this week? Yeah, make sure you show up. Um, make sure you prioritize your life and what will make you have purpose by your time by your intention, make room for this because this is how everything else gets done anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, The intention's a big thing. And I think, you know, look, the first thing that we always say, the first way for recovered people to live their best recovered life is to stay sober, right? So if you haven't gained physical sobriety yet, uh, that is definitely the thing that you want to focus on the first, right? Because without that, none of this other stuff happens. Same with codependency. Like you've taught me that, Christina. Like you have to fix that situation before you go and create other new situations or you just keep, keep creating situations that are exactly like the one that you came out of, right? Which is what no one wants. Yeah, nobody gets sober to be miserable. So absolutely sure. absolutely well we'd like to thank everybody for coming today we'd like to remind everybody that we have recovered life discussions christina every week four times a week at 9 a.m on here on clubhouse and a replay on the club on the podcast i would like to say that the podcast guys if you are not if you're not subscribing to that it's on apple google it's on every spotify every place that you can get your favorite podcasts uh definitely subscribe to it because Christina and I come to you. What is it like six, seven days a week now, Christina? Yes. That that we've got a, that we've got a podcast going. It is a ton and it's about 45 minutes to over an hour every day that you can get a really great download right to your inbox of all of the great stuff that we talk about in recovery. And I'm telling you, it is a goldmine. I wish I would have had this resource when I was newly sober. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.